How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 54 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I'm a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. I'm just a big hiking nerd, and on this podcast, every single week, I chat with a different thru-hiker, a different peak bagger, and a different hiking nerd just like myself. If you're a hiking nerd or if any of that sounds interesting to you, please hit that subscribe button and go listen to some older episodes. This week's guest is a man named Christopher Johnson. His trail name is Anubis and he is currently on the Appalachian Trail heading southbound. He just crossed into Tennessee a few days ago. He's at a very interesting point in his thru-hike because he's come a long way but he still has enough miles left that the end really isn't in sight yet, I guess. So that's why I think it was so awesome that I was able to talk to him in this stage of his thru-hike. We talk about how he's doing physically. We talk about how he's doing mentally. We talk quite a bit about the mental stuff, honestly. And it was just a, a great chat. Anubis, when you hear this, dude, best of luck to you. Stay strong. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's do it again after you finish, after you get to Springer Mountain and let's talk about your success. If you liked this episode, if you liked this conversation, be sure to let me know. You can do that through a couple different avenues. First of all, email trailtalespod at gmail.com. I used to harp on the email all the time in these introductions and I kind of backed off and honestly, I haven't been getting as many emails lately. So someone send me an email, please. Um, Instagram is a thing as well, at trailtalespod. You can send me a DM, go follow me on there if you want to help support the show there's a couple different things that you can do first of all leaving a five star itunes review is a great way to help the show in fact i will read your five star itunes review out loud at some point during an episode introduction in fact let's do a couple of these right now because i'm still behind this one says awesome podcast for the hiking community did i do this one i might have read this one already but here we go only only just now discovering this podcast, listened to a couple episodes when driving up to the Whites for a hike. Going to be fun listening to all the past episodes. That's right, it will be fun. Thank you for that review. This next one, I just need to note, it's by someone who has a username of Massive Poopies. So, <laughs> that is incredible. This says, awesome show, just found the show, started at number one and getting getting my binge on super chill format like listening in on buddies just chatting keep them coming and i'll keep listening thank you very much for that review i think i'm gonna save the rest of them for the next episode but i'm almost all cut up now make that difficult for me i want to get a couple more itunes reviews in so i can get even further behind and feel really good about myself the other way that you can help support the show is to go check out the trail tales patreon it's patreon com slash trailtales when you sign up you will get a monthly bonus episode you'll get a monthly blooper reel and i'm honestly thinking about starting some sort of monthly like live stream like google hangouts kind of thing haven't really actually done it yet but i'm gonna be exploring that next month i think so if that would be interesting to you if you want to talk to me and talk to some of the other amazing folks that are already signed up on there I think you should go check it out. Patreon.com slash Trailtales. It's a great way to help support the show, cover costs, do all that stuff. And the last thing I want to say is that I have a YouTube channel now. I know you're like, Kyle, shut up. No one cares about your stupid YouTube channel, but Kyle Hates Hiking, go check it out. I will have a link to that in the show notes as usual. I just put together a video of every single Instagram story I took on my Appalachian Trail through hike, and I think it came out pretty cool. Gives a pretty raw, unique view into a thru-hike. Anyways, yeah, go check that out, Kyle Hates Hiking. With that said, we're going to get into the episode here. My chat with Christopher Johnson, Anubis, Appalachian Trail, Southbound, Class of 2019. How's it going, everybody? This episode of Trail Tales is a first because... For the first time, we have a guest who is mid-thru-hike at the moment while we are talking. I'm joined today by Christopher Johnson. His trail name is Anubis. Dude, how's it going? Did I did I pronounce that trail name right? Did I get that? Yeah, yeah you nailed it. Nailed Anubis? It. Okay. Yeah. What, what does that even mean, first of all? like I, I feel like I've seen that word before, but I don't actually like know what it means. Yeah, so he was the Egyptian god that prepared the heart for the next life. Uh, I got it on a different trail a couple years ago. Uh, got into backpacking over a broken heart and 
backpacking was kind of how I started to piece myself back together. Interesting. We're not even like a minute in and we're already getting deep like that. I, yeah, I freaking yeah. love that, dude. Um, <laughs> this is this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your through hike. For everybody listening, we like, we kind of put this, I mean, we, we okay, so we, we kind of had a plan. Like, we actually met each other about, it was like a month, month and a half ago, something like that. And we kind of like, we're talking, we're like, yeah, we should totally try to do an episode because Anubis had stopped by Burlington, even though he wasn't close to Burlington when he got off trail, but he, he was taking a little break or something anyways, went to, I think it was a wedding and yeah, my sister's wedding. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so we had a chance to like kind of catch up and, and, and get a beer together and we were kind of talking about it like, oh yeah, we should definitely do like an episode while you're still on trail. And we were actually kind of able to make it happen. It was just like yesterday or like two days ago that we were like, yeah, okay, Saturday, I'm going to be taking a zero. So perfect. I was like, all right, got to make it happen then. Cause I obviously would be difficult with your schedule and everything. But anyways, yeah, dude, I'm stoked to have you here. Um, first of all, you told me before we started recording that you were nervous for this. Why are you nervous to talk to me, man? Uh, I don't think it's, uh, I don't have an answer <laughs> for that. Uh, other people at the hostel were like, why are you nervous? Like all we do is talk about trail and, um, I don't even think I talk on the phone. Uh, on trail. I'm like, it's all text message, even with hostels and stuff like that. And, um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> well, you don't need to be nervous because, uh, yeah, dude, like I said earlier, it's just going to be an extension of the conversation we had last time, uh, when we were drinking beer in Burlington, which is what I'm still doing, but obviously you are somewhere else right now. Why don't you tell everybody like where you are, like your actual location, the hostel that you're at, and kind of where you are um, on your through hike, like how far in you are. So I'm at Boots Off Hostel, uh, Hampton, Tennessee. Uh, I've been doing some slack packing, uh, so I'm actually a little bit, I think I'm 24 miles ahead of the hostel. Um, about, uh, I think, 1786 uh, southbound. Uh, so I'm coming up on the 1800 mile mark tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So less than, less than 400 miles after tomorrow. Dude, that's fucking crazy. And like we were talking about before we started recording, I feel like this is a, a pretty cool time to have you on the show because you're like, you're like deep into your through hike now. And, and I, I guess it's different for everybody, but when I was getting towards the end, I just feel like there was just so much going on, like emotionally in, in, in my head. So like, I, I feel like we're going to have a lot of shit to talk about today. Um, so like you just said, uh, you are going southbound. So I haven't talked to that many southbound AT hikers. Why don't you explain why you decided to hike the trail backwards? <laughs> no, well, first of all, the, <laughs> the slogan for the AT is Maine to Georgia. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, walk in the right direction. Um, <laughs> so I've I've wanted to do the AT for a couple of years now, and for a long time I kind of pictured the end of my through hike being on Katahdin, um, with kind of the I guess I had a concerns with the crowding and and stuff like that in Georgia. And yeah, sometimes I think there's actually a lot of uh, kind of fear mongering with that online. Uh, Northbounders I've talked to said it wasn't quite as bad as as what it's made out to be, but um, initially I actually wanted to do a flip-flop and, uh, hike north and then flip back and hike south and southbound just ended up actually working out really well, uh, financially kind of stuff with my job and, and all that. So gotcha. inadvertently walking the right direction. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm, I'm not normally one of those people that like gives like southbounders shit for going southbound. Like I don't actually care. The reason I made fun of you therefore was because, you are definitely one of those people that gives Northbounders <laughs> shit because I fucking see your Instagram posts and I see your comments and stuff. So I had to get like a little like Southbound, Northbound chirp in there. Um, <laughs> dude, how many like people are still hiking around you? Because I mean, again, I didn't, I, I didn't hike Southbound. So I'm not like terribly familiar with like the, or not as familiar with like the time and the dates and all that stuff when it comes to going Southbound. But like, I know you've also been getting some snow and stuff. Like, are you kind of late in the season or is this still like a normal time for Southbounders to be, you know, getting towards the end of their through hike? Um, I, I think it's still fairly normal for like the tail end. Uh, okay. This year was really weird. Katahdin didn't even open till June 15th. Uh, oh, so that, yeah. So that first wave of Southbounders um, were only able to start two weeks ahead of me. Uh, so there's still, uh, I think there's like, 30 southbounders right behind me. Uh, and there's probably about 30 right ahead of me. 
Um, but I know when I got to Harper's, I was South founder 144. Uh, and there was a girl I'd met in the 100 mile wilderness. She got there, I think like a week ago, and she was 183. Uh, oh, so wow. there's, there, yeah, there's not many of us, uh, out here right now, kind of small pockets of groups just kind of trying to work their way south. Yeah, man. But it sounds like there was some other hikers in the hostel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other southbounders. Uh, I think there's four other southbounders. And the day I got here, there were a couple that had, that were rolling out that same day. So there's, there's definitely still hikers around, but, um, yeah, man, you can go a couple days without even seeing another person this time of year. It's kind of wild. That is so fucking crazy. And then, like, I didn't even really hike in the bubble, at least for the first half of my through hike. I kind of caught up to the tail end of it um, for the second half. But, like, even even when I was first starting out on May 14th, when there was not very many other people that were planning on doing through hikes, like, there was still a shit ton of people on the trail. There was section hikers, people doing long sections, short, sec- short sections, even just weekends. And so the fact that you're saying that you can like go, you know, long periods of time without seeing that many people is kind of like a foreign concept to me when it comes to the Appalachian Trail. That's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's wild. Everyone that talks about how crowded this trail is, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot going on in the beginning, but I'd say after Labor Day, uh, once we were past that northbound bubble, everyone kind of went back to school, like work was picking back up for families and stuff like that, mm-hmm. man, it, it went quiet like real quiet so here's the question what do you prefer did you prefer when there was you know slightly more people on the trail or do you kind of like the solitude that you're getting um uh now Oof. oh man i go back and forth with that um i don't like hiking completely by myself um i like at least having a couple people around me that i see each night or i'm hiking with throughout the day um those periods where I don't see anyone is kind of nice, um, but it gets real weird. Like, I'll think I see a tent up in the distance and I get excited. It's a person and it turns out to be a rock. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, I definitely prefer some people around, but like New Hampshire, uh, Vermont, there was, I felt like there was almost too much going on yeah. um, with Boy Scout troops and the college orientations and Northbounders and Southbounders and section hikers. That was a little bit overwhelming. So, uh, I mean, when I'm around some people, it's nice. But, like, tomorrow I'm going to hike into Roan Highlands, just me and my dog. Um, the couple I've been hiking with are off trail for a week for Thanksgiving, and I'm kind of dreading it, honestly. Mm, interesting. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't know how, like, I would ah, – dude, honestly, I feel like – I mean, if I can, if I could be really picky, I would say less people than I saw on the trail, but not like as like the the, the low amount that you're seeing. I guess I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't really like just being by myself like that. At the same time, I think it would be cool if there was less people on the trail, but I could still like hike with like a crew, you know, and we could kind of just like rock that shit like on our own. Like I think that'd be kind of cool, but it sounds like you're not really hiking with like an established like a group of people right now. No. And so I was up North uh, and I alluded to me and my dog. I, uh, she joined me in Harper's. And so I slowed down for that and my group kind of pulled ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I hadn't have picked her up, I would still be with some kind of group. Um, so there's been kind of that part of it too. Yeah. So you're going to have to remind me again, how far have you been hiking with your dog now? Uh, so I guess it was around mile 1100. She joined me. Uh, we're coming up on 1800. Um, she took a break for Shenandoah. Uh, so that was a hundred miles that she skipped and I kind of went at my own pace uh, and then I've been doing a thing lately where like, I'll get to a hostel. She takes a zero day. I slack pack while she rests. And then the next day we head out. So, um, yeah, I guess about six or 700 miles, but uh, there's miles there that she's been resting while mm-hmm. I was still hiking. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Is she a fairly, this is, this feels so weird to say about a dog, but is she like a pretty experienced like hiker? Has she done, you know, longer, you know, not a full length through hike, I'm assuming, but has she done like extended backpacking trips, um, before the Appalachian trail here? Yeah. Um, so she's done the Northville Placid trail. 
Uh, I guess you like to call it the Northville Two Placid Trail for some Dude, reason. Dude, I still don't know what the fuck it's called, <laughs> honestly. That's that's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, she did that. Uh, the Massanutten Trail in Virginia. Uh, half of the Tuscarora Trail. Uh, a huge lash um, in 2016 on the Appalachian Trail. Um, so she's definitely a very experienced uh, backpacking dog. She knows what's going on. She has trail etiquette. Um, she was kind of raised on the trail. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, it was... When I was in the whites, she had to have surgery uh, for a cyst on her leg. So she wasn't getting much exercise uh, by the time I picked her up. And I just mm. had to really slow my pace down and, and build her trail legs back up. So that was a whole other challenge all on its own. Yeah, definitely. Because, dude, I personally, like, I don't, like, I don't know how I would, like, be able to deal with that. Like, I, I wouldn't, honestly, because, like, especially, like, by the point, like, if you're halfway, there's no way I was going to, like, just slow down my pace like that. I think that's pretty incredible. Now, again, like, it, obviously, it's not my dog, so that's easy for me to say because I don't have any sort of, like, emotional attachment attachment to it. But I don't know. Was that, like... Were you super frustrated about that at first or were you just like so excited to be hiking with your dog again that like you didn't <laughs> even care? Oh man, it was, it was an exercise in love and patience. Yeah, I, I, mean, um, I went from doing 25s and 30s. I picked her up. We were doing seven to 10. Um, it took us one week to do 55 miles after uh, Harper's Ferry. So it was, and that was when she needed a break. I wanted to give her some time off. I went into the Shenandoahs, um, gave her four days off while I kind of knocked that out. But uh, it's definitely, it's it's altered the way my through hike feels and and looks. Um, I'll, when it's all said and done, I'll have definitely some kind of synopsis on what it's like to hike half the trail by yourself and then half the trail with your dog. There's yeah, two man. very a huge different dynamics with it. Um, I probably should have done this at the beginning of the episode, but I suck and I didn't. So <laughs> why don't you like give a little bit more of an introduction to like who you are? Because obviously you've already alluded to like a bunch of other stuff that you've hiked. And so I kind of want to give people, I usually do this at the beginning, like I just said, but I was just kind of <laughs> not not paying attention i guess i don't even know um yeah why don't you talk about like who you are exactly and kind of give like your hiking background your hiking i feel like such a pretentious asshole when i say this but like your hiking resume if you will <laughs> <laughs> uh actually this is one of the things i was kind of nervous about because i know my resume quote unquote uh you know it's not as impressive as other guests that you've had Oh, boo-hoo. Uh, Dude, come on. You're you're about to finish the fucking AT. You've already done the Northfield Placid Trail. A trail that I failed at, by the way, just so we're completely clear here. Yeah. You, I'm not uh, I'm not asking you to like fucking hype yourself up, dude. I I just wanna like get an idea for, for what you've done, what you've done, and just because you're not you might not have done as many miles as like some of the other people I've had on, like I'm I'm guessing you've still probably done more miles than I even have, so you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I uh, like I alluded to with the trail name, got into backpacking, um, kind of just under weird circumstances. Um, I guess it was about, I guess 2015, I think. So it hasn't really been that long. Um, kind of had backpacking stuff laying around the house uh, for like, you know, overnighters with friends and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. packed up my stuff one day with, with Winnie and we went out for three days. I think we did like 12 miles that first like three day trip. I was in blue jeans and just the whole, <laughs> the whole thing, um, man, and just fell in love and started going out each weekend. Trips started getting longer. Um, and then we tackled our first quote unquote long trail. Uh, it was like 71 miles and the whole thing was just, I mean, it was a train wreck. My boots flew <laughs> out. They were Walmart boots. Like I was trying to tape it together with duct tape and, and I was hooked. And, um, yeah, so after that we knocked out. Uh, the southern half of the Tuscarora Trail, um, which is a, I think it was actually going to be routed as a AT reroute from Shenandoah up through Pennsylvania. Um, later did Northville Placid Trail, uh, attempted the Cohas Trail, but I got hurt on the first day. Oh shit! And, uh, yeah, I'd had to. I'd like to go back and still still do that. Uh, 2016, we knocked out. Uh, I guess about a third of the Appalachian Trail. Um, just with vacations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, kept, I mean, basically my vacations were just spent hiking. Um, 
anytime a holiday was coming up, my coworkers knew like, oh, Chris is about to take, you know, two weeks off and go hiking. <laughs> and, um, knocked out a portion of the Allegheny Trail, just kind of a bunch of smaller long trails, I guess, short yeah. long trails. I don't know if that's an oxymoron or not. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Just kind of stuff around, like, because so, you're, you're located – or when you're not on trail, when you're not like freaking, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a through hike like you're at right now, you're located in, uh, what was it? I know it was Virginia. Was it Northern Virginia? Yeah. Winchester, Virginia. So I'm, I'm like 30 minutes away from Front Royal. Okay. Okay. So that's like, yeah. that's like a pretty good location though for a long distance hiker because like you're obviously you're close to the AT and then you're also just close to like pretty much anything that's like within like the center east coast area i guess and then even with like you know a longer drive you can get up to like the whites or the adirondacks like you did for the cohas and northville placid trails and you can even go down to like the smokies or obviously shenandoah is right there too so like you're you're pretty close to like a wide variety of stuff if you're willing to kind of put in the hours in the car you know yeah virginia man virginia is like prime location for anything on the east coast uh and i can get to the white mountains in like 10 hours i think um and i have friends in new york city it takes them the same amount of time to get to the whites because they have to get out of the city yeah so yeah it's, it's a yeah. great location yeah how far are you to the smokies driving um hmm, i think not far i think like six hours maybe at most so a little um, bit closer than the whites then yeah. So you're you're probably closer to the Adirondacks than I'm looking on Google Maps right now, as I often do during these episodes. Um, you're closer to you. You could probably get to the Adirondacks in a little bit less time than the Whites, even. Yeah. When I when I finished the Northville Placid Trail, it took me eight hours to drive home. Okay. So yeah, that's because yeah, Southern Adirondacks. Or actually, I don't know. Did you did you hike southbound or northbound? I went northbound. Okay. I finished in Lake Placid. Okay. Central Adirondacks. Then I stand corrected. Even a little bit northern. I'm. Yeah, Google Maps freaking distracting me over here. Dude, that that is that is pretty cool. It's like here in Burlington, it's nice because I'm so close to both the Adirondacks and the Whites, as in like, you know, an hour and a half to two and a half hour drive to, you know, each location, depending on which trailhead I'm going to. But at the same time, I don't have as much like variety. It's pretty much either one of those two places, or I could go on the long trail somewhere, but there's not quite as much there if i want to do like a loop or something and plus i've already done all of it like multiple times <laughs> um but like you you have the longer drive depending on where you're going but you just have so many other options and i feel like that's something i never really thought about too too much i talked about it a little bit with syntax 77 when he came on um number of, of months ago now but that is like pretty nice for someone who's like a, a backpacking nerd a hiking nerd like like us, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to consider like moving down to that area someday. You're also close to like, um, what is it like the Dolly Sods and some of the yeah, hiking in yeah, West Roaring Virginia Plains, as well. Yeah, Canaan Valley, that that whole section. Yeah, that's I, I love snow and shoeing out there. And um, yeah, I'm like an hour from like the Dolly Sods area. Yeah, dude, that's 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 pretty sweet. Um, why don't we get back on track talking about your through hike? I don't want to fucking <laughs> here. I am like talking to someone who's in the middle of a through hike and I'm just going to talk about his fucking home the whole time. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not going to like bug you too much. Um, make you, make you homesick. So I guess that's a, that's a good segue. Um, how are you feeling right now? So you said you have what, like, did I hear you correctly? 400 ish miles to go? Something yeah, like I that. Think, um, like 412, I think. So how yeah, I'm bad at math. The, um how how are you feeling right now? Like you still got like that's that's still a lot of miles, obviously, but you've obviously also come a lot further than that. So yeah, how like mentally, how are you feeling right now? I so actually I'm feeling pretty good now. Um I just pulled out of my third quote unquote funk, I guess. Um getting closer to Grayson Highlands and getting excited about that. And then, you know, hitting the three quarter way mark crossing into Tennessee has really kind of made things exciting again. Yeah, man. Uh, but man, it was, it wasn't that long ago that I guess it was the Catawba area. Oh, I was, I was like a couple bad days away from just throwing in the towel. Oh, uh, really dude? Yeah. I was, I was having a real hard time through that area. Uh, hit McAfee knob on a Sunday uh, it was, it was just crowded. I was, you know, I was alone. Uh, I was, was feeling homesick and, Plus, um, and, and I'm going to cut you off here, but I wonder if it makes it worse too, that you were like kind of 
still like pretty close to where you live too, you know? Yeah, I got, it's funny cause I don't get homesick and I got homesick and, uh, you know, people that I'm real close to, I'm like, I'm homesick. And they're like, dude, I've never heard, like heard you say that before. Damn. And, uh, yeah. So that was, that was the third time that I was like, fuck, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, pulled out of it, I guess around the Atkins area. Um, like I said, once I was getting closer to Grayson Highlands and, you know, now I'm at a point I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to get into Roan Highlands. Um, yes, dude, you should be. That was honestly one of my favorite sections of the whole trail. Yeah. that's what people say. So it's, yeah, we're, we're basically trekking into that tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently, I'm, I'm definitely a place where I'm, I'm excited again, but, um, also it's starting to feel kind of weird cause I know, you know, like 400 miles, you know, to like a regular person sounds like a bunch of miles, but mm-hmm. to us, it's like, wow, like this thing is going to be over in a couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, dude, that's, that's pretty incredible. And kind of going back to the fact that you're so close to home and I haven't experienced this, but I just feel like. I don't know if I was like having a hard time mentally and I was that close to where I live. I just feel like that would make it even easier to make that decision to get off the trail. I feel like that almost just adds like an extra like a like aspect into kind of making that sort of decision and, and maybe something else that could kind of like eat at you a little bit. Because if, if you're from like Virginia and you're out on the PCT and like you want to quit, it's like, I mean, obviously like you still might quit, but the fact that you're clo- you're not close to home so like that's not going to play any sort of decision in your or any any sort of role in your decision rather but the fact that you're like so close that i feel like it would almost like tempt me i don't know did you i know i just asked you this question basically but but did that like happen at all do you think that you would have had such a rough time um you know a couple days ago if you hadn't been within you know such a, a short distance from your home i think that probably played some into it. I mean, I know Virginia real well on the AT. So I knew, you know, the shitty climb that's about to come up or, you know, don't stay at that shelter. Like I knew all that. And it was kind of, I don't know. I was hiking through stuff I'd done before. Um, man, Virginia is long too. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's honestly <laughs> another, like a, here I am like harping on the, the home thing, but honestly, that's like obviously a huge like factor too. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was wild going, you know, like Mass was a couple days, Connecticut, like you blink and it's gone, like New York, New Jersey, all of a sudden you're in PA, like things were happening so quick and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're in Virginia and it's like, fuck man, this thing takes forever. Yeah, dude. (laughs) So you would say you definitely uh, caught a case of the Virginia blues? I Yeah, I think so. Uh, Yeah, I definitely, I think it was different than for Northbounders, I think, um, what Northbounders go through in Virginia is what we went through in the Mid-Atlantic. We're calling it the Mid-Atlantic Blues. Mm-hmm. You know, reality set in, water sources are drying up, like, oh, man, this is my life. Like, this is what I'm doing every day. So I think it was probably maybe like an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That definitely makes sense. Um, we're, we're probably going to come back to the mental stuff later because, as my listeners know, I love talking about this stuff. Um <laughs> But how about physically? How are you feeling physically? So you've obviously done a shit ton of miles, but you've still got enough to go where like, you're still going to have to put your body through some shit. It's not like you're at the very, very end where you can kind of just lay it all out there and it doesn't really matter you know, how you react because you're almost done. So yeah, dude, how are you feeling physically? Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm still, you know, like climbing mountains and not stopping. Uh, I can, you know, walk and walk and walk and walk. Um, I'm definitely, I'm starting to drop weight again, which has been a little concerning. Uh, so I'm trying to switch some things up in my diet. Um, my knees, man, they were, so Southern Maine and the whites just destroyed my knees. And then coming into Virginia, they started feeling better. And then, the past couple of days, like it's starting to, I don't know. I feel like things are kind of breaking down, which I think is normal at this kind of juncture. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, physically, I mean, I still feel good. Um, but I've been noticing, you know, it used to be, I'd get to camp, you know, take off my trail runners, put on my camp shoes. I'd have that hiker hobble. Um, uh, but I'm noticing like when I sit down to take second breakfast or lunch or whatever, when I stand back up, I'm like, Oh, yeah. And really want to just like sit back down, but 
um, you know, still doing the same miles and all that. Um, not in pain per se, but I'm definitely at that point where it's like, man, I'm tired. Yeah, dude, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to, to, to hold out, but yeah, dude, it definitely takes its toll after a while. And I know you guys have been getting some, uh, some colder weather. So I'm assuming you probably had to add some weight to your pack and, and grab some warmer gear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I swapped out my winter gear front Royal, I think is when I picked up my winter gear. So swapped out my sleeping bag, um, pick up leggings and gloves and beanies and you know, all that stuff. So the pack definitely got heavier. Um, and also I do think, you know, we've seen snow a couple times. Um, it snows so like, in the south. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is like, "Oh, just get further south," and it's like, "No, those mountains are bigger." Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, shit, they get even fucking taller the further south you go. Yeah, actually, I think Roan Mountain is supposed to get snow tonight, uh, which was part of my plan for my zero, so I wasn't stuck in that. Um, but I think I do think that the cold is it's, it's starting to kind of take its toll physically as well is that normal for the southern mountains this time of year i I know they still get some snow but like in november still because even up here in vermont like it's not i mean it's not like uncommon for that to happen but it's not like the norm either for us to have like a decent amount of snow this early on in the winter i guess and i think i don't even know if it's technically winter yet but is that like normal for the southern mountains because i feel like even during the winter they don't even like get that much snow like, i don't even yeah know. i i don't think so um so it was funny um you remember meeting spitfire in burlington yeah yeah she, she was telling me like the temperatures up there in new hampshire and it was colder where i was at Interesting. and uh yeah and we're actually the, the section i'm in my understanding is we've actually been colder than in the Smokies. So it's, it's kind of, it's I just following like you dude. <laughs> yeah. Like there's this winter pocket, like following me, like, Oh, I'm going to snow and be cold and rain. And, um, <laughs> so, no, I, I don't, I don't think that it's normal for it to happen this early. Um, I think we're just kind of catching a really weird weather pattern, um, with kind of what's going on. Yeah, dude, that's, that's weird. Hopefully it, hopefully it starts to work out for you. Like how, um, how long ago did the snow or like wintry conditions start? Like how long have you had to deal with that? Ooh, hiking in the Shenandoah was when I saw my first below freezing temperatures. There's a lot of wind and each night was dropping into the twenties. Um, I saw snow for the first time. It was a uh, rice field shelter outside of Parisburg. Damn. Uh, yeah. Dude, is that up. like, is that fucking normal? I feel like, I don't know. It, it just feels like to me, like if you hike southbound, you have less of a chance of seeing winter weather because like you're in the south by the end when it's like the seasons are getting colder like that. Maybe I just don't know. I guess, I mean, I definitely don't know that much about hiking southbound, but that just like surprises me for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, it was crazy because when I woke up to snow outside of Parisburg, I felt like I was late, late to the party of southbounders that had seen snow. Um so I remember even posting a picture of Winnie like in the snow and I was like, oh, I've finally joined, you know, everyone else that's on the trail that that's seen snow. So it's yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> um, people are starting to like write, you know, like my, you know, oh, I'm at 1800 and they just like write it in the snow. Um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Holy it's, it's shit, weird. <laughs> Fucking a like, oh, dude, I don't know. I was. I was talking to an IV tat in my last episode, and I'm not going to compare your circumstance to his because he was hiking through, like, legitimate fucking, like, winter conditions, like, by the yeah, end of his Yeah, what he was PCT. doing was insane. Yeah, I, I, know it's, I, know it's, I know it's different for you, obviously, but, like, even any snow, any sort of, like, freezing temperatures at all, like, is fucking hard to deal with on a thru-hike. I mean, I don't know, like... I, I don't even... I don't even know what to freaking ask about this, dude. Like, has that, like... Do you, do you think that's played a role in like kind of some of the mental struggles that you've been having lately? Oh yeah. Um, and in fact, after Parisburg was when we got hit with the first polar vortex and there was a bunch of us taking zeros at hostels all over the place. Uh, ridgeline temperatures at night were like six degrees. Jesus Christ. Um, and me and two other hikers, we decided in red looking back on it it was foolish but we did a 34.1 mile slack pack 
and it was through like four or five inches of snow. Our, you know, our trail runners were wet. Like by the time we got back to the hostel, it was nine o'clock at night. Jesus. You know, things were freezing and it was like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? I guess that would make sense, like why you've been slack packing lately too with, with those uh, shitty conditions, yeah? Yeah, it's 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 been pretty crazy. All right, so we're kind of harping on some of the bad stuff here. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some of the good stuff, dude. Um, I don't know what has. This is such a generic question, but I mean, it's fresh on your mind. So, what has been like your favorite? And I'm gonna leave this up to your interpretation as far as how specific or as not specific as you want to be. What has been your like favorite stretch of the trail thus far? Ooh. Oh man, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna stick with Southern Maine. Really? That early yeah. on? Yeah. Huh? Um, Dude, that was like my worst fucking stretch of the whole trail. That's crazy. <laughs> I think you know at the time there were a lot of southbounders. I was with like a big group of people, and I mean every every day was just kicking our ass. Like we're trying to get our trail legs, but everything it just felt so fresh and so new and everything felt exciting and like the views and just everything that was going on. Um, Maine will definitely always be my, my favorite state. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, to this day, the saddlebacks are still my favorite, my favorite part of the trail. Interesting. Interesting. How was, uh, how was Vermont? (laughs) Vermont was good. Vermont was, you know, I've been, I've been drinking a little bit when I start (laughs) fucking trying to get people to massage Vermont, hype up Vermont. Yeah. I, I actually had great weather through Vermont until uh, it was like the last three days, I think, was, was when the rain rolled in. Uh, and then it, you know, became Vermud at that point. Yeah, uh, that'll happen. Yeah, I've, I've battled in my head what my second favorite state is. Sometimes I think it's Massachusetts. Sometimes I think it's Vermont. Um, I think Ver- Vermont's probably going to end up taking number two. Right answer. <laughs> that is that is the correct answer. Actually, I guess I'd prefer it to be number one, but shit, I'll I'll take what I can get. When when I did an episode with my my buddy Mullet Mike, we like ranked the states like from best to worst or whatever. And I don't I don't remember what he ranked Vermont at, but I do remember that it was way lower than I wanted it to be. Like it was like like number like I don't even know like number ten or number eleven or something like that. Oh and weird, I was so yeah, mad. that's way low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was it was because of the mud, I think, which is fair. It was pretty muddy when we went through there, but I don't know. That was that was unfortunate because obviously I like Vermont. <laughs> yeah, I think from a southbounder's perspective too, like you get through Southern Maine, you get through the Whites, you know, you get into like I guess it would be Southern New Hampshire, Smarts Mountain, and all that, and all of a sudden you cross into Vermont, and oh man, Vermont. To us was like gentle rolling hills yeah and, yeah especially yeah, that first like, like couple days that you're going through there too oh, if you're going southbound awesome. definitely that makes a lot of sense and it's kind of the opposite too if you're going northbound i mean obviously vermont isn't as tough or at least the at section of vermont isn't as well i i'm talking about the long trail there so that doesn't even make sense we're talking about the at um yeah the vermont section isn't like as tough as the whites but if you're going northbound it is like a little bit a little bit tougher than like Massachusetts and certainly Connecticut because you do kind of get some bigger climbs. You get like a, I guess Bromley is decent, and then certainly um, Killington, and there's one other peak I can't even remember Stratton. the name of it. I remember Stratton, and Stratton being, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Glastonbury too. It's like yeah, you do yeah. kind of start to to get into some bigger stuff. Um, I don't know. So you you mentioned I'm gonna go back to the mental stuff here. You mentioned that you had like three. I don't know what the word you used was like three episodes of like yeah. mental struggle or, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Um, what were the, was, I feel like we kind of just talked about the the third one. What were the first two? When did those kind of hit you? The first one was in the whites. Um, Mount Garfield will always be like the place where I was like, should I like, what am I doing? Like, I Very just wanted specific. to throw my damn. You still yeah, remember the exact, oh, and there's a lot of mountains I, that you go over there. Like this, <laughs> I remember the exact day. I, well, I'd been feeling kind of off uh, for a couple days, but climbing up Mount Garfield, I was supposed to get to, I think it was Greenleaf Hut in Franconia, and I was like climbing up Mount Garfield. And for a southbounder, like you're climbing up this waterfall, and I'm like, what the? What is this? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh my goodness, if it's like this all the way up. And then I got to do this down. And then it's like this up Lafayette, Lincoln. I was like, I can't do this. And I ended up, I think I made it like six miles that day. 
and uh, was talking to people. I stayed at um, Garfield Ridge campsite, like one of the pay campsites. Yeah, yeah. And I was like talking to people. I was like, I need to get into town. I need to like, I'm like ready to quit. And uh, yeah, made made a beeline up over Garfield, up into Franconia, down in the North Woodstock and double zeroed. I was like, I need to like reset everything. Um, and then the second time when I got off for my sister's wedding in Pennsylvania, I just, I'd been pushing my body really hard. I was getting ahead of my group so I could take, you know, some time off for the wedding. And when I got on the train in Burlington to head back to DC, like I had to force myself back on trail. I, I just, you know, I'd spent a week basically, you know, I'm wearing blue jeans. I have like mm-hmm. a cotton t-shirt on, like, you know, I'm hanging out with my family. I'm, you know, I'm going out to eat just all the normal person stuff. And I was like, man, do I even want to go back? <laughs> and, um, especially, I mean, it was so dry at the time and water carries were crazy. And, um, yeah, I had to basically force myself back on trail. Um, I did not want to come back. <laughs> Interesting. Cause, cause yeah. and I know we didn't spend that much time together, but it seemed like you were still pretty stoked on it when we, uh, you know, caught up and, and got a beer there. Yeah. Honestly, it didn't hit me until, like I said, goodbye to my parents and my sister and, and just everything that was going on up there and got on the train. And, um, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, like, and don't get me wrong. Like this whole journey has been amazing. Um, you know, these are just pockets. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and even like the last like mental funk I went through, I was thinking about home a lot. But uh, man, I, I definitely thought about Springer Mountain and like that final blaze like a lot more. Um, so I definitely don't want to give like the wrong impression. Of course, of, like, and I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm asking you these questions, so it's not like you're just <laughs> complaining out of the blue about all this yeah. stuff, dude. <laughs> I know. I, I think it's fascinating. Like I like to, I like to talk about the mental stuff. I mean, I I've only done one dedicated gear episode after this will be number fifty four. I think like out of fifty four episodes, and and that's because I just I think the mental stuff is for me it's more interesting, and I also think it's just more important for people who are prepping for through hikes and stuff. So so that that's why I'm asking you this. I'm not trying to like get you to fucking like break <laughs> down here and like <laughs> and like give in. Um, but on that note, another mental question incoming right now. Um, how have you been able to kind of pull yourself out of these funks? How have you been able to keep yourself going when you're kind of starting to feel like shit, like maybe this isn't something I want to keep doing, you know? Yeah. So I talked to the people around me. Um, and as ridiculous as this sounds, like I'm like brutally honest on social media. And, you know, I put it out there like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, I'm not having a good time. The amount of support that pours in after that, um, you know, text messages, like, you know, DMs, stuff like that. Um, it definitely, and especially like North Bounders that I met, that are, they're now home. Uh, they're not on trail anymore. They're like, dude, I remember what it felt like to feel that way. Like, keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly, I wish I was on trail with you. Um, you know, kind of between the people around me, like my network of friends back home, uh, and then the network of hikers that I've met that are now done, you know, they're, they're finished, um, that can relate to how that felt, um, you know, kind of like push me back in the right direction. Not that I should, you know, look for validation on social media, but it's definitely a great networking platform and, um, yeah, I mean that's predominantly how I've dealt with it. Interesting, dude. That's honestly, I, I not that I really was like expecting you to give any answer, but like that's that kind of that surprises me. I guess I don't know. That kind of caught me off guard. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about social media and photography and all that stuff? So for everybody listening, first of all, I'm gonna have you plug your shit at the end as well. But why don't you just <laughs> plug your Instagram real quick now? Because this dude has a great Instagram. Everybody you should definitely go follow him. What's your uh, What's your handle? Uh, a walk with Winnie. Uh, Winnie's my dog. Uh, with underscores in between each word. Cool, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes as always. So if you're too lazy to type in all those underscores, you can just <laughs> click that shit. But um, yeah, dude. So like you, you are a great photographer. I know we talked about this a lot when we um caught up whenever that was a couple months ago or whatever a month ago um 
Yeah, dude. Like, how did you, like, get into, like, photography and, like, why why bring a full DSLR (laughs) with you on a thru-hike? Like, I can see it for, like, a section hike or, like, a weekend hike because you're only out for a couple days, but, like, you're hiking fucking thousands of miles and you're carrying around, you know, I'm assuming... At least like a pound, a pound and a half of camera gear. Like why kind of put yeah. yourself through that? <laughs> Plus some charging device and all that. Batteries um, and shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I carry extra batteries. and um, Yeah, so it's funny because I actually got into photography because I had a Samsung phone uh, that took great pictures and then it took a poop. And I ended up <laughs> with an iPhone and the pictures didn't, they weren't the same. Uh, you know, as far as like Instagram and stuff like that. And I went down to Best Buy, bought like some cheap camera. Um, had no clue what I was doing with it. Like I kept messing around with the settings. I was trying to like watch YouTube stuff and read all this stuff online and, um, later upgraded. Um, I don't have the greatest camera. I have Canon Rebel. Uh, but I upgraded to that and wanted to upgrade again before the through hike. Uh, just the money wasn't wasn't there but mm-hmm. um yeah i basically got to a point when i got my first camera that i refused to ever post a picture that i took on my phone <laughs> like if i couldn't figure it out on my camera then it, i just couldn't figure it out and um yeah you can see me romping up and down mountains with a huge camera clipped to my shoulder strap <laughs> how um how have you been like keeping it dry now that you've been seeing like a lot of like precipitation and, and rain and snow and stuff yeah uh the clip i have i think it's like mojo something i don't know it's like something i can screw into the part of the camera where you would put you know screw it onto a tripod mm-hmm. uh so in inclement weather i just put a gallon size ziplock bag uh, over the camera and then screw that piece in through the bag and then zip it shut and it hasn't caused me any problems interesting that's not a bad idea i never really thought about that before yeah and it's i mean it's once i've tightened it down real tight there's no water getting in uh, i can still peel the bag back take a picture you know zip it back up clip it back to my my shoulder strap so and i'm assuming the rebel isn't weather sealed right no no i well I don't think it is. I, I doubt it. It's not, it's like a $500 camera. It's not anything super expensive. Dude, that's, I, I'm kind of surprised that you like haven't like fucking busted your camera at this point. I feel like, cause again, I was talking to IBTAT about this last episode and like, <laughs> I feel like it's hard to do a through hike with a freaking camera and like have it arrive in one piece, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like if you were to break a camera on a through hike, like you couldn't even be mad about it because like you're just putting it through so much, but Shit, you must take pretty, like, do you baby it? Like, do you take pretty good care of it? <laughs> I should probably take better care of it. I I try. Well, you're doing something right if it hasn't yeah, fucking broken yeah. yet, dude. <laughs> um, I think just basically where it's clipped, um, you know, it's not, a, you know, I'm not like crawling around on my stomach or anything like that. So it's, <laughs> um, it's kind of in a safe, it's a safe place, I guess. But um, yeah, honestly, I'm surprised that it actually lasted this long. <laughs> everyone up north told me like oh you're gonna mail it home in maine like it's not gonna survive the whites like um it's not yeah. gonna survive like what about the whites specifically is I, like gonna break know. someone's teeth <laughs> that shit's so ridiculous people hype so much shit up like I, I made a youtube video about like some of the shit that people say like stuff like that and like yeah it's it's ridiculous but <laughs> dude that that's incredible and i will say you definitely take some awesome pictures i've had a great time following your your hike on instagram and, and seeing all that sort of content like it's a uh, it's 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 sweet and i wonder if like actually fuck i totally lost my train of thought dude it's i'm telling you man i gotta stop drinking when i do these because i always fucking i always fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I on the other hand have gotten more comfortable so <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know um how about like uh editing so i know we talked about this a little bit in person but i'll have you kind of reiterate some of that stuff for everybody listening um do you actually hold on we'll take a step even further back than that because like i'm trying to get into photography so i'm gonna ask you some of these you know nerdy technical questions um are you usually shooting like manual when you take photos on the trail? Are you like adjusting settings sometimes? Like how are you doing that? Because and I'm asking because like you take fucking awesome photos. Like you're doing a great job and so I'm just kind of curious and hoping that maybe I can like kind of rip off some of your shit and like <laughs> Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh so I I typically shoot in aperture priority. Okay. Um I think 
I think a lot of people actually do shoot in manual. The only time I go to manual is if I'm trying to do, um, you know, the Milky Way or something like that. But uh, I keep it in aperture priority. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I basically just, I have it set at the lowest aperture setting unless, um, you know, like I'm shooting into the sun. Uh, then I'll adjust the aperture. Um, like I, I took a photo recently. It was like a rhododendron tunnel. The sun, the sun was kind of like shining through the rhododendrons. Mm -hmm. And I switched the aperture. God, I think they're like 22. But I got kind of that star look to it. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, I really like that blur in the background. Um, so I try to set it. The aperture gets weird. So it's like the lowest setting, but it's like the widest. I don't know. I don't know why they do it like, oh, like... If that kind of tripped me up at first, too, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's confusing. Um, yeah, so I, I predominantly shoot an aperture priority. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's kind of what I've been doing as well, but I don't know. I got a new, I got a new lens recently, and like that, I've been trying to play around with like manual a little bit more. But I feel like for trail, though, for the most part, you're either taking like a wide shot or you're taking like a close-up, so you can kind of... like There's not much in between there, so... I don't know. For everybody listening, if you if you don't know about photography, um, aperture is basically how much light is let in to the lens. So like, I don't know. So, so like a wide aperture would let more light in, obviously. And then that also would like blur the background, like give more depth of field. So if you're doing like a close up or like a portrait and you want like the background to be super like blurry, then you'd want a, a wider aperture. But uh, how about like editing, dude? So you're editing mostly well not mostly you are editing like all on your phone before you yeah post exclusively in, uh in lightroom in lightroom okay cool yeah yeah um and actually when i'm when i'm done with this hike it's basically the only answer to any question i've gotten on this hike is i know i want to continue doing something with photography um so i want to upgrade my system when i get home but i also want to get a computer um you don't have a computer old. I'm 37 years old. Never owned a computer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that like, that oh. kills me inside because like I'm a I'm such like a technical like software yeah, developer. Like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So when I get home, uh, definitely want to get a computer because I know there's more stuff I can do um, with Lightroom on the computer than I can do on my phone. But uh, yeah, there's like a Wi-Fi thing on my camera. I can stream photos straight over to my phone. Do a quick edit. Um, I kind of I guess I edit it basically the same way each time um save it and then post it to instagram <laughs> damn dude i don't know do you ever like feel not like burnt out on taking photos but does it ever feel like a burden at all like i know like a lot of the time you're probably like super stoked on it but does it do you ever feel like you're taking photos when you don't really want to and that you're just doing it like kind of just to do it does it ever kind of like get in the way of your hike at all no, <laughs> if good. anything, I'm glad yeah, to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so I think like my perspective on it is like in the real world, when people are like, oh, what's your hobby? I'm like, oh, I, I like hiking. Well, now like I'm hiking. That's just what I do. I like walk every day. So you need like a different hobby. <laughs> and my hobby is definitely <laughs> photography. That's um, so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I'll be bebopping along and I'll see something and like I'll but like that's when I actually stop and I start taking pictures. And, um, I think, I think I'm at like 8,000. I'm, I'm definitely over 8,000 photos so far. Damn. on this hike. I got a lot to go through when I go home. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you been just like shipping memory cards home? Like once you fill them up. So I'm still on my first memory card somehow. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. I, so in, um, it was Port Clinton. In Pennsylvania, I caught an Uber to Williamstown or whatever it was, went to the Walmart, resupplied. I was like, I've got to be filling this memory card up. I need to buy another one. But since I don't know much about like technology, I bought a 128 like mega giggle or whatever card. I don't know. <laughs> gigabyte. <laughs> gigabyte card. And then I looked at the one I had in my in my camera and it was, I think, 32. And I was like, I don't even know how many photos this thing can hold. So I'm just, yeah, I'm lugging around an extra memory card right now that I don't even know if I'm going to use on this through hike. Wait, so you haven't even used the 128 yet? I haven't popped it in there yet. So I shoot in JPEG, though. I don't shoot in RAW. Okay, so the files um, take up a lot less space. Yeah, and I don't think I can stream over RAW photos through Wi-Fi. I think I need, like, um, some connector piece 
Yeah, I don't even yeah, know. Just, I don't even know if the like the phones can deal with those files. I'm, I'm not sure. I've never tried, but yeah, maybe, so maybe I, they I, can. But I don't know. I just shoot in JPEG. Uh, when I get home, I'll start doing raw. Damn, man, Dude, that's so funny. And, and and you're not taking videos either, because videos take up a lot of space. Obviously, no, I just do videos on my phone. Yeah, I got you, man. Dude, that's. <laughs> That's so funny. You fucking don't, you don't even know what gigabytes are. I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, what I call it, mega giggles or something. Mega giggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's that's so that's so good. Um, <laughs> shit, I oh, did you totally threw me off my game there? Um, you should definitely get a computer. Um, I was gonna say you should build one because you'll get a lot more bang for your buck. But if you don't even know what a, a gigabyte is, and maybe you, maybe you hold off on that. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's going on with technology. It makes me feel like I'm an old person. And I'm not. I just somewhere along the lines never kept up. <laughs> You're on the trail. You, you don't need to. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you need to know how to use your phone and your camera, and that's about it. So, damn, dude. Um, we're getting close to the end here uh dude i don't know where where should we go from here man we we probably have time to cover like like one more topic before we get into the story is there anything that i haven't brought up so far that you think would be important given you're literally in the middle of the fucking trail right now who oh man we covered emotions we covered photography we talked about my dog ah man i can't really think of anything i mean i'm starting to think about like what i'm gonna do when i get home I, uh, I got, so I got something. I got something. Post show depression and all that. Yeah. Nah, we're we're going way, way less serious than that. Um. <laughs> so I saw today that you ate twelve corn dogs. Is that correct? Yes, I actually did that two days in a row. So so in the last in the last forty eight <laughs> hours, you've eaten twenty four corn dogs. Yes. Well, a lot more than that too. I well, bought, I mean, obviously uh, you've eaten like more food than that, but like yeah. just twenty-four fucking corn dogs in two days. Or, well, yeah, yeah. Like, what the? What? That's. Dude, I love the hiker hunger, honestly, dude. Oh I, my I, god, I, like, no! I can't stop eating. I, I like just made this um <laughs> compilation of all my Instagram stories from my through hike, and like I put them into one video and put it up on YouTube, and so I was like going through like all my videos. And I posted a lot of shit on my story, like kind of bragging about how much food I could eat. So when I saw you post that about the corn dogs, like that's so fucking funny. Um, was was it easy? Was it like you struggled to get those down, but you did? No, was there like, was no, there was no struggle. So like uh, you, I, you finished the twelve, and you were like, "Fuck, I could literally eat more right now." Yeah, I looked at two other two hikers, and I was like, "If I had six more corn dogs, I could eat them." So why didn't you eat more? Is it just because you didn't have I them? Only bought, or? I only bought twelve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, where did you buy these? corn dogs from were they like oh I, yeah at the hostel yeah uh, i got shuttled up to the grocery store okay i got you i wasn't sure yeah, if you're at like a restaurant or something and you were like no yeah no, i'd like yeah. to order 12 corn dogs please like that's <laughs> god damn dude that's yeah that's well so funny. I thought, yeah i'm trying to avoid restaurants now because i'll go in and order you know three appetizers and entree and then get done with all that and i want to order another entree and all of a sudden i have like a 60 dollar bill and i'm like okay like i'm not doing this anymore I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy as much food as I think I'm going to eat and just keep microwaving stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea, honestly, because I kind of ran into the same problem because I was eating so much too. Like I would, you know, just one person, I would spend like, you know, 40 to 50, you know, maybe not 50. That's kind of pushing it, depending on where I was going. Um, if it was like a more expensive place for trail standards, yeah, it could be like 40 to 50 bucks. And so like, that's not a bad idea. Like just go to the grocery store and get shit instead. But I don't know. I was a little bit too picky though. I feel like I'm not, I'm generally not a fan of like cheap, like microwave food. Like I like something fresh. So that's definitely a a pro tip for everybody out there. If you can stomach that kind of shit, you'll save a lot of money doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's like your, besides corn dogs, like what's like your go-to like pig out in town food? Pizza. Always pizza. I feel like you get like a lot of bang for your buck, at least if you're eating out like at a, at a yeah. restaurant when it comes to a pizza, because like a large pizza, you'll pay like, I don't know, 15 to 20 bucks, depending on where you are. And you'll get like X amount of calories. And if you wanted to like kind of match that, like getting different food, whether you're getting like burgers or wings and stuff, it's going to cost a lot more. Yeah. I'm protein too. Yeah, dude. It's a lot don't of, a lot smell of- like ammonia out here. <laughs> so fucking good dude oh my god 12 corn dogs see when i saw that that just fucking blew my mind um 
All right, dude. Let's uh, let's do a story. So you actually already told me this story when we met in Burlington. So you're gonna tell it again for the listeners' oh, I pleasure. Oh, I forgot that I'd actually told you what had happened. Oh no, that's okay though, because it's a fucking great story oh. and it's perfect for this show. So I do not mind hearing it again. Um, just so everybody knows, this story involves uh bodily fluids. So if yes, you this is my poop story. If, if 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 that freaks you out, I don't know why I didn't. I I, I should have just said poop. <laughs> if that freaks you out, which if you're a through hiker, it probably doesn't. But just disclaimer here: if you don't want to hear about someone taking a shit, you probably shouldn't listen to this story. With that said. Dude, let's uh, let's hear it. Well, uh, I should backtrack uh, back to Maine. Um, I met. Have you heard of the guy Ziploc? No. Okay, so he got his trail name. I think he was like in his tent or his hammock or something. Like early on, had to take a shit. Couldn't get out of his tent. Uh, like poop. There, there's no way he was in a hammock. If he, there's no way he shit in a fucking Ziploc in a hammock. Like that is Wait, not yeah. a thing. That that's <laughs> just straight was, up shitting your pants. Like there's no what, way that fucking worked. Yeah, whatever was going on, wherever he was stuck <laughs> at and couldn't get out, he yeah he shit in a Ziploc, and um that's how he got his trail name. And uh, so fast forward, I I hiked um fuck man, it was like twenty nine point eight miles or something crazy into Duncannon, Pennsylvania. And got there. I mean, it was well past dark. My phone had died. Like I'm roaming the streets of this like stupid town and uh, made my way to a pizza place, pigged out, charged my phone and I'm walking down the road and uh, and I, I the town food hit me. And I've, I've, I mean, I'm like, I'm on my phone Googling like gas stations near me. Like where I'm like, where, the fu- where, like, where can I poop in this town? And uh everything was lit up and it was just, it was not like a good situation. Like there was no place I could just dig a hole. And so I ducked behind an assemblies of God church. I grabbed a gallon size Ziploc. I pooped in it and I threw, (laughs) I threw the bag away. Uh, it was like some kind of like city, like voter registration building or something. I threw it in the dumpster and, uh, I ended up sleeping behind the church and the next morning <laughs> I went to throw the rest of my the rest of my stuff away. And when I opened up the dumpster, there's nothing in there but this gallon sized Ziploc of human fecal matter and uh. toilet paper. And I was like, no, I'm like trying to throw the rest of my trash on it. And I was like, I need to get out of here. And so I hiked on out. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's so funny. I feel like of, of all the towns on the AT that I stopped in, at least Duncannon is like a pretty fitting town for that because it's kind of a dumpy like shitty town, oh so. duncannon port clinton <laughs> like both oh both those towns are disgusting <laughs> and that's coming from a through hiker so that's really yeah sad. no it's terrible <laughs> dude that's so fucking funny um very disgusting also very funny um classic duncannon right there dude um i think i think we're gonna <laughs> on that note i think we're gonna <laughs> kind of wrap this up dude um Thank you so much for taking the time, man. I'm glad we were able to kind of work this out with your hiking. I don't even want to call it a schedule, just like with your life right now, like <laughs> your life being on the trail. Um, best of luck to you going forward, man. You've got obviously a decent amount of miles left, but you've come so far. Like you're definitely going to crush it. Stay strong out there. Why don't you plug your Instagram and any, anything else that you want to plug so that everybody listening can go follow you and pressure you to finish this trail. <laughs> yeah, so it's a walk with Winnie, um, underscores in between each word. I think if you just search Winnie and Anubis, I think uh, it just pops up. Um, but yeah, walk with Winnie. And yeah, dude, we should totally do this again after I hit yes, Springer. I was just going to say that, dude, that would, that would be so tight for sure. Um, we should do it like shortly after you finish. I'm sure you're going to have a lot going on, but fuck all that like we're gonna we're gonna do it again um that's so awesome man you've been a you've been a long time listener and supporter of this show like f- from almost the beginning like basically from- the beginning i i was completely caught up before i started uh and then i just didn't want to listen to hiking podcasts while hiking which is very understandable but i yeah dude i i just appreciate the support i i appreciate that you were willing to to come on here in the middle of your through hike dude um stay strong fucking keep crushing those miles tell your dog i say hi tell everybody else at the hostel i say hi as well and uh yeah dude best of luck to you oh yeah the couple i've been hiking with that just got off uh today for like a week uh the girl she's the one that i told you her first hiking podcast she listened to was was you 
Hey, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And not her last, probably, because she listened to it and she was like, oh, fuck this guy. I got to listen no, to it. No, no, no. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. She's super stoked. Like, when, when they left, they were like, good luck on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> so good, man. So good. Well, shout out to whatever her name is. Nightingale. What is it? Nightingale. Nightingale? Yeah, she's a nurse, so she ended up with the trail name Nightingale. Nightingale. Interesting. Well, shit. My, I, I, have, I am friends with a lot of nurses, so... Uh, I'm sure hiking is a lot less painful than being a nurse. Um, <laughs> I guess it depends on what uh, what unit. But anyways, yeah, dude, thank you so much. And to everybody listening, thank you as well. Um, hopefully my drunken rambling wasn't too bad in this episode. Have a good one. Bye.